Amen. Well, good evening and welcome to our Wednesday midweek service. Uh, we're actually going to uh, start a new topic, uh, diligent discipline today. Uh, diligent discipline today. Um, and uh, it's, you know, diligent discipline, of course, um, it is adjective there, you know, uh, diligence could be a form of discipline. But what it is, is I'm, I'm not just disciplined. Uh, or we're not just disciplined, we're diligent about it. We're diligent about our discipline because a lot of times we set a goal for discipline, but some of us are, are it's very difficult to remove us off of dif- discipline, but for some of us, we're easily removed off of discipline. Discipline is only discipline until uh, something comes to interrupt us or take us back into our default. And that's not really uh, diligent discipline. That's not discipline at all, really. So, so <clears throat> for our conversation, we'll talk about a few things, and hopefully this will help us because this is what we need. We need discipline. Uh, we need to discipline our temples. Uh, I'm, I'm even learning more and more as much as I exercise and try to eat right and things of that nature. You know, I think some of the things that we are casual with, we're really taking some things for, for granted even there. Actually, we're going to do a message um, uh, I need you to text me this too, David, because uh, I was supposed to put it in my notes and I forgot. But uh, but just uh, it's going to be a message on the temple, you know, because uh, you know we're the temple of the living God, but a lot of times we're not taking care of that temple, and we think it's okay. And we'll find out some of our mood swings. You know, I, I've been you know doing research. Um, some of our mood swings. You ever see people take things personally, like? And we may think, man, some that person tripping. Like, why? Why they always like think everything's about them? Some of that is because of what they've been putting in their temple, when and it's impacting uh, the gallbladder, the liver, and things of that nature. Um, those poisons are not being. Um, flushed out of your body, they're actually infiltrating your body and it's affecting your mind and even your thinking. Now, I was researching some stuff and it was on the questionnaire. Uh, Do you ever take things personal? I was like, wow, why would they put that on there? But what they were saying is all these little different things, like we, we, and you know how we bold with it. Hey, you know, hey, I'm doing my little thing today, but we don't realize we're not just saying, you know, I'm eating this or doing that today. We're also saying, uh, get ready for a funky attitude. Get ready for um, me to be lazy and not want to or not feel like it, you know. Um, uh, that's not the message for today, but that's the message coming up. But I thought I slipped that in because a lot of our discipline is taking care of ourselves. You know, that gives us the want to, you know, the want to to be able to do. Because when you hear something and it seems overwhelming, that means I have limited want to. You know, I have limited want to. All right, so this this diligent discipline we're talking about it's resilience. It's resilience. Now, resilience is strength to choose forward motion in the midst of overwhelming resistance. Resilience is strength to choose forward motion. Strength to choose forward motion in the midst of overwhelming resistance. So, you know, one of the things I've, 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 I've coined and talking to my son is I said, listen, son, you know, despite what you may feel about the different things you've processed through, you are resilient because he uh, had, the, he's, he's, he, Mondale's always had the strength to choose forward motion, to move forward in the midst of overwhelming resistance. You know, where, where some people think the overwhelming resistance is an out or, or, Oh, I can definitely give up now. All right. So remember, uh, this is something that we've shared quite a few times here at the church. It's enduring the seemingly impossible. It's enduring the seemingly impossible until you push into the possible realm. So, So this diligent discipline, I'm enduring the seemingly impossible as I'm believing and pressing and Uh, trying to change, trying to lose weight, trying to uh, be more in the word, pray more. Uh, As I'm I'm pressing toward these things, it seems like it's impossible. 
But diligent discipline is I'm, I'm pushing into the possible realm. I'm going to keep pushing into the possible realm because it is possible. Uh, Mark 9.23 says, all things are possible to them that believe. All things are possible to them that believe. The, the, the scripture actually says, um, Jesus said unto them, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And so, so when, we, when we think it's impossible, uh, whatever, whatever our task is, well, I, I'm never going to be able to read like that. Never going to be able to preach like that. I'm never going to be consistent with that. I'm never going to lose that weight or whatever the case may be, right? We're, all we're saying is what we don't believe. We're not, it's not impossible. We just don't believe it's possible because if you can believe, all things are possible, right? All right, so, so if you go to Hebrews, I, I thought this is, you know, we're going to jump back and forth through Hebrews a few times talking about these faith guys. Because, again, when we're talking about belief and we're talking about discipline, um, it's hard to maintain a discipline if you don't believe you can reach your required goal. If you, if you don't believe, if you believe your pressing toward the mark is um, futile. All right, so, so we're going to lock here on verse, uh, uh, chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. And so, so this is highlighting one of our, the generals of faith, Moses. But verse 27 says, by faith he forsook Egypt. Now, Egypt is, uh, represents bondage. But in Moses' case, Moses wasn't dealing with the bondage of the children. He wasn't dealing with the bondage of the children Israel was dealing with. He was dealing with the level of bondage, but it was subtle. You know, I was, I was talking to um, Nathaniel Crump. I remember he gave the testimony how the person tried to uh, build a house for him. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. Because he says, if, if, if I accept that house, I'm going to be bound to you. You know, so even when I move, you're going to be like, well, I need you to do such and such. I might have another job because he does construction, but now I'm going to feel obligated because you, you got me a house. And plus, I live on your property. <laughs> now, I can't say, well, I'm not available this week. Well, you, you're at the house. Why aren't you, why aren't you available? <laughs> right? He says, so I can do that. And he was telling me another situation of a family member that does well off and bought property and uh, put a house on there for him. He was like, no, that's okay. He says, I've experienced bondage before. I'm not, you know, he said this to himself. He says, I'm not going to put myself in any situation of bondage. Right? And so, hold on one second here. Let me just make sure I'm not the issue. I could be. All right. And so Moses was kind of in that position. So he was in a comfortable position, but it was cheating him from purpose. So he really was in bondage. He just was in more comfortable bondage than the children of Israel. They were being bound so they couldn't be released to purpose. He was being, he was given stuff so he can assist himself in being bound. Stay comfortable so you won't keep pressing towards what I have for you, right? It's almost like this. Let's say, let's say for you to be successful, you have to discipline yourself in reading, right? And so you're, you're, you're bound by the challenge to just read more. But, but what you keep telling yourself is, well, that's for readers or they're smart or this, that, and the other. But when your child is born, when they first born, they're not a read. No, they're taught, right? So you can be taught how to read at any level, right? You can develop the discipline to read at any level, right? But instead of doing that, what you do is you get around a bunch of people that don't like to read too. But you read more than they do. So now what? You're comfortable and not achieving your goal because you're around other people that soothing your compromise. Does that make sense? All right, so 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. Again, we're talking about diligent discipline. And this is really not a teaching 
we want to run from. This is a teaching we want to embrace because it, it, w- it will be the next piece. We've been getting pieces to take us to different levels, you know, getting past the lust, getting past, you know, the sound effects, um, and hopefully we'll get into discipline, right? So 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 2, chapter 2, starting with verse 3. All right, I'm going to start with verse 1, all right? It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, okay? Verse 2 says, And all things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Not just anybody. Faithful means sameness, consistent, right? Faithful men who shall be able to teach others to be faithful and consistent, right? Then it says, verse 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Didn't say run from hardness. It says endure it. It says, no man that warth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life. So it's saying, I'm not going to be able to endure the hardness if I get caught up in the affairs of life. They're going to weaken me. They're going to distract me from my consistency. It says that he may, be, he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Think about it. Soldiers in war, he... He can't afford to be caught up in what's going on. Like, you know, he can't stop to check his phone when he's supposed to be overwatch and, you know, he's supposed to be protecting somebody from dying. Right? You know what I'm saying? He can't be caught up. Verse 5. And it says, and if a man also strive for masteries, I want to master some things. When we talked about some things, it could be reading, it could be a diet, it could be exercise, whatever the case If a man strives for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. So again, if I'm trying to master these things, I have to understand how they are mastered and follow that plan. It's not based on how I feel. You know, somebody gives you a script, okay, this is how you lose weight. You go, yeah, I'm going to do it this way. No, you got to follow the rules. This is how you develop a discipline of reading. You got to follow the rules. You got to be around the word. You know what I'm saying? It just, it's just, you know, now I'm just do this on my own. No, you got to be a, think about it. Uh, I, and I know this, uh, we're, bo- okay, she might think differently, but we're both athletes. I spent a lot of time around athletes. She didn't. You know, she was young, uh, teenage moms, and things of that nature. But anytime I put her in an athletic arena, there's things that come out of her that was nasty already in her, Right? But she wasn't around. But I guarantee you, Pastor Mel was around a bunch of athletes. Pastor Mel be one of the greatest athletes in the country. Like I had, I had uh, all Americans I would take through drills and stuff like that. How to shoot left hand, right hand, stuff like that. And they would just be struggling. I took her out. First day I took her out. She's doing the thing like, like, like it was easy. I was like, I don't think you understand. Like everybody can't do this. Right? I said that to say... She has a competitiveness on the inside of her. Now, sometimes she's over the top with the competitiveness, depending on which y'all probably have seen all that if you play cards or something with her. Um, but I, so, so I work out and I do stuff like that. I watch her. If I'm doing something, it has an influence on her, whether I say, you need to do this too. Because I don't roll like that. Like, I don't. If I'm doing this, you, I'm not even that type of person, I, you know. But because we're in a relationship and we're in the same proximity, it influences her. Uh, as we were growing in God, I, I wasn't like, you ain't read today? Why you didn't read today? But I, 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 I represented a pattern. And she gravitated to that pattern. This thing she does, she represents, I never did. But I'll do now because she does it. Matter of fact, Exercise, taking care of health and stuff like that, I'm all about that. But the lifestyle change that she decided to gravitate to, I saw the re- I was, I saw, I'm, I'm in the house. I, I watched the results. She didn't say nothing to me. I was like, wait a minute. What, what I said, so I said, this worked. So I started doing it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so you want to, a part of it, you, you're not going to be disciplined in isolation. It's just not going to happen. And we run from the accountability, but we say we want to be disciplined. No, you want to be around the accountability. You want me saying, put that cheesecake down. 
I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. You really do. You know what I'm saying? You don't, but you do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you want the cheesecake, but you really want me to say, I'm not talking about y'all, it's, it's just a situation of a cheesecake to actually happen. I'm actually talking about an actual situation, okay? So, I'm not talking about I'm going to be telling y'all to put a y'all cheesecakes down. <laughs> All right. Yeah, just you. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, so, so what I'm saying is, is, is if we're going to do this, we got to make sure we're around people that's doing it. Even if they don't say nothing to us, they're going to influence us. The scripture says, okay, so we want to endure hardness with steadfastness. We, so, so we're enduring the hardness and enduring hardness is things coming at us, right? But we're, we're embracing them and we're enduring them with steadfastness. Steadfastness is I'm unmovable out of the presence of God. I'm, un, I'm, I'm unmovable out of God's presence. So I'm, I'm decided to lock into God's presence. And this is the thing I learned about discipline. Discipline, okay, if you discipline yourself in the spirit, the rest of your body falls in place. See, you can try to discipline yourself to eat. You can probably discipline yourself to exercise, but you won't be disciplined as a whole. That could be interrupted easily. But if you discipline yourself at your core, at your root, if you're spiritually disciplined, it'll bleed into every other area of your life. But if you're, you know, uh, I show up at work all the time, but you're not spiritually disciplined, there's so many other areas in your life that will fall because it's compartmentalized. But if you discipline at the root, your body don't know the difference. Your body will say, I'm disciplined because the spirit is indeed willing. The flesh is weak. So if I'm disciplined in my spirit, I'm going to be disciplined in, the rest of, in all the rest of my life. And so, it's good. so if, if I can't be easily pulled out of the presence of God, right, if I can't be easily pulled out of the presence of God, right, I can't be easily pulled off of my discipline, Right? But if I can easily be pulled out of the presence of God and be consistent in the things of God, I can be pulled off my discipline very easily. Scripture says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the faith. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Right? Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the faith, always believing. Right? And so, so it talked about endure hardness as a good soldier. So good soldiers operate in uncommon, diligent discipline. A good soldier operates in uncommon diligent discipline. You notice it didn't say be soldiers. It said be good soldiers. Right? It didn't just say soldiers. So are we just soldiers in the kingdom or are we good soldiers? You know, operating in uncommon discipline. Nope. All right. Sorry, I was looking for a mic back there, and it's not back there. So, Marcus' fault. All right, so, no, Marcus and Hope, since you're sitting down there behind, like, we can't see you. <laughs> I see you laughing because your head's bobbing up and down. Okay. Testing, testing. Okay. Definitely more two, more one, and a little more volume, please. I feel like I'm talking in a a little vacuum here. All right. Uh, testing, testing. One, two, three. All right. Sorry about that, people. All right. So, are we good? Are we just soldiers or good soldiers? So, Matthew 25. Let's go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, and we'll lock here on verse 21. And so, so we've heard this before, you know. Uh, you know, this is the parable of the talents he gave. He set them up. He gave three talents. He gave one person talent, and they gave him back the same talent he gave him. The other person created more talents, you know, uh, well, doubled the talents. And the, other, the, the third person doubled the talents. But the person that took what he's given them 
and multiplied it, he said he called them good and faithful servants. The person just gave him back what he gave him. Now, I protected it. I buried it, made sure nothing would happen to it. He says, but you could have, like, gave it to the bank. <laughs> Something. Like, you, 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 didn't, you didn't utilize it. You didn't uh, grow on it. It's just like we have talent, and when God shows up, we go, I'm still talented, God. I haven't left you, and I'm still talented. Well, well where are all the other people around you that you poured your talent into? You, God shows up. I'm still, I'm at church, Lord. I'm here. I made it. And I've been consistently here uh, uh, on time for the last five years. Well, where are all the other people that's following you to church? What are you doing with what I've given you? You're just hoarding it? You're lording it? Or are you giving it away? Right? All right, so, so, so verse 21 says, His Lord said unto him, Well done. Thou good, so we want to be good, right? Well, look, look, and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord, right? He didn't just say good. He said good and faithful. Faithful means sameness. It's consistent. It's discipline. So good and faithful servants or soldiers enter into the joy. Not just good, right? Because you can be good up and down. And that's the thing, you know, we're sometimes we're just happy with, well, I'll get into that. I'll get into that in a little bit. So, so we're enduring. This, this, this diligent, disciplined person is operating in endurance. So you're enduring versus running at the first sign of inconvenience. So when I'm operating diligent discipline, I, I operate enduring. I, I break through barriers. I don't run at the first sign of inconvenience. So how does running at the first sign of inconvenience or a second sign or a third sign of inconvenience look? It looks like a roller coaster ride. Like there's, see again, so, so I, I, I'm gonna say this and hopefully the person doesn't take it personal, but it's a great example. Uh, so, so, how could I put this? All right, so I was, I was over some leaders, okay? And I, I might have told this story before, but I was over some leaders. And so, it was time for uh, someone to be promoted to be a top leader over the leaders, and I had to select the person. So, so I let some people apply, and as they applied, one person felt, they had been around for a long time that they should have had the position because of their proximity. But proximity doesn't equate to promotion, right? Obedience does, right? And humility does. So, so when it came around, we went through the interview, and the person was like, well, I don't understand. You know, I, I, should, I, I, I believe I, this was my position. I said, well, with all due respect, your resume looks nice, and you've communicated your accolades very effectively. But with all honesty, you've been around long enough for us to see your accolades. You wouldn't have to communicate, and we would see them manifested. You've told us what you know, but we haven't seen the results of it. You know, after 12 years, you would see, because it's in you, right? If it's in you, it comes out of you. We would actually see the results of all that you told us. I said, so, I said, with all due respect, you haven't started nothing, build nothing, and reproduce from it. I said, I'm not putting you down. I said, so what I'll do is I'll give you two things I've already started. So you don't have to do the start part. There were, there, there, were, there were things that I was starting to build, to grow, and reproduce. I'll give them to you. I put in all this legwork to get them started. Here you go. It's all yours. Now, all you got to do is build it and reproduce from it. A year goes around. Person didn't do nothing with it. So I said, look, you, you had it. So now you're not only not going to be elevated, you're in jeopardy of losing the position you're in now because you're just existing or you're just taking credit for what other people are doing. But in all honesty, what are you actually doing without you telling somebody. Because if you're building, uh, uh, if you're 
if you're starting uh, growing, reproducing a building, you don't have to tell nobody. They see it. Right? They see it. Because of your diligence and your discipline, it just stands out all the time. But if you have to keep telling people stuff or keep making excuses for not doing stuff, that's a person that's really not diligent. And that's not a good and faithful servant that's going to enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, let's say if that hasn't been you. It can be you. you you're existing. As long as you're existing, you can take the next best step from here, right? So, so to endure. See, this enduring is wonderful because to endure is to experience blessing with humility. See, blessing, see, because endurance is not going through crazy, just going through crazy. It's handling success, too. So that's why some people don't build and grow, because once, it, once they blow up a little bit, they, they, they start feeling themselves. They lose sight of their responsibilities. All of a sudden, they don't, they don't have time. They miss more, right? Oh, that's right. Oh, my, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, but see, while they were growing, it wasn't, yeah, that's right, because they wanted the, the, the props of the position. But now once they got the position, oh, yeah, that's right. Their whole life is, oh, yeah, that's right. Right? But that's not diligence. Diligence is I live in discipline. I don't visit it. I live in discipline. I don't, I don't visit it good and faithful. So it's blessing with humility also. See, because the diligent, disciplined people avoid overconfidence. Because overconfidence is another weakening tool. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like you know, like, so I was rolling. I was diligent. But then I got overconfident. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, everybody tell me how wonderful I am, all the scriptures I know, and how I've impacted their life, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just, I'm flowing like that, you know what I'm saying? But, but how did you get to that point? So you got to do the same thing to get to a level when you get to the level to advance to the next level. How do you do that? You don't get overconfident. You know, Tiger won the Masters. The next morning, he's up hitting golf balls at 530 in the morning like he always did. Some of us would have won the Masters, and we partying all night, and probably for the next couple of weeks, nah, you know, the next event ain't to such and such. No, Tiger didn't want to get off of his default. I'm going to train my body in excellence regardless. Of, and I guarantee you, he did party that night. But he got up at 5.30 in the morning, hitting them balls. That's how he won multiple majors. That's why they call him great, not because he won one. There's a coach, uh, I remember when he lost his thousandth game. I had never heard of a coach losing a thousand games. And it was more losses on than wins. And when it, when it got to a thousand, he was still coaching. I said, well, you know, like the next game you lose will be a thousand and one. It's just going to keep going. Like, but as soon as I saw a thousand, I said, now, why is he still in the NBA? This is an NBA coach because he won one championship. But guess what? Out of all those years, he won one championship. Was it him? It's probably the talent. Because if it was him, he would have just kept doing it, right? How do you lose? How do you, how do you become the losingest person in the NBA? At a thousand, they just get a thousand one. I had never seen a thousand before. I was like, man, I got lost a thousand games. And the other side of the wins was like hundreds, right? It wasn't 900 either. You weren't even close to 1,000. It was, I'm not going to dog them out. Too late, I already said you. Um, but, but, but when I saw that, I said, wow. Did anybody say maybe it was the talent? Because if, 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 if it's diligence and discipline, it's going to keep building and growing and reproducing. Right? Does that make sense? All right, so we have to avoid this overconfidence. Um, Think about this for a second. Like, sometimes you can be doing a whole lot. You can be doing more than everybody, but still not being, not be God-given exalted. So you could be doing more than everybody, but still not God-given exalted. Let's look here at Matthew. We're in Matthews, but let's go back to Matthew 5, and then we're going to go to 1 Peter 5. So you have some advanced information. Matthew 5. And so, so, so this, this is, uh, these are some attributes of the diligent, disciplined person, but I just thought I, I put this, I thought I, we would park over here for just a second and said, look, 
Matthew 5, verse 6. It says, look, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. See, so the diligent discipline are hungry and thirsty, right? It says, blessed, it says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So, so, so we don't just see God. And, you know, at this church, we're talking about fighting the sea because when we know God's real, we operate different. You know, faith is not a guess. It's like, oh, God's real. God said this, I'm doing it. Uh, God spoke this, I'm doing it, right? And so this saying, it takes a, a diligent discipline to see God. Listen, there's a very, there are a lot of knowledgeable people in the kingdom of God. But very few people really see God and walk out the faith that they talk about. Very few people. That's why people struggle to flow, because they're in their head, not flowing from their heart. Right? They're not tripping. They just, they never had to do it. They've never experienced it. Right? And, and because it takes a diligent, and a diligent discipline to press into the presence of God. Right? To press into the presence of God. So first... Peter 5, because I, I, don't, I don't like to just quote stuff and be like, okay, that's, that's Pastor Keith's opinion. But you can be doing more but still not be God-given exalted was the point. So 1 Peter 5, uh, verse 6. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, now, as soon as you start seeing do and time, that means there's a process of time. So that means I have to maintain my, I have to be diligently disciplined also in maintaining my humility. I have to be diligent and disciplined in maintaining my hunger and thirst, my hunger and thirst after righteousness. So when it's due time, I'm ready for, at my appointment. Like, like, like I don't miss my appointment. Because, ah, you know, what is it, the, uh, the virgins, you know, some people had their lamp uh, going, and then they, they, you know, they was like, well, could, could, could we get some of your oil? Go get your own oil. While they was going to get the oil, the master came, and door closed. Hey, hey, let us in, let us in. Hey, you, sh you should have always been ready, not going to get ready when I came. Right? Right? Sorry, too late. Door closed. I just did that for effect. All right. So, so uh, uh, this enduring hardness, diligent discipline, things coming at us, trying to get us off of our path, trying to pull us out of the presence of God. We're trying to pull us out of the uh, in His presence. There's fullness of joy, right hand, and His right hand pledges forevermore. Right, and and maintaining our foothold. Now, uh, when, the, when the crumps was talking, I was just thinking about how many people would have took the, oh, you build me a house. Well, that's less money I have to pay. And then we go in our head, right? Well, you know, I don't have to pay that, the, the mortgage out, got a nice house, you know what I'm saying? So th that's going to give me a leg up, you know. I know they, you know, they might try to control me, but hey, hey, babe, we just going to be stick to what we say we're going to do. Yeah, and our fault they bought us the house, you know what I'm saying? Hey, that's on them, but we just going to lock in what we do. How's that going to work? Like, how's that, how's that going to work? Somebody planted you on their property. They dictate the atmosphere, but you're going to be flowing in God's presence. Interesting. Right, 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 4, starting with verse 8. Now, the interesting thing is this whole chapter heading is never give up. The whole, the heading is never give up. That's to talk about Satan blinds the minds of men and all that type of stuff, right? It gets into verse 8. It says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed, right? We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Look, it says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our bodies. So whatever comes at me, I'm resurrected from there. No, 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 no. I'm not, when it, when it comes at me, I'm not, it's not chasing me into the bottle. 
right? It's chased me into the presence, right? It's not chasing me into any of the other vices, right? Scripture talks about, um, uh, I don't want to do that right now. Take a time. Chapter 6. All right, can't find a nice spot here, so we'll start with verse 1. 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians, chapter 6. I apologize. Nice, Jamal. It says, we then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive uh, not the grace of God in vain. Don't take it for granted. It says, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation, I have secured thee. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time, basically, right? It says, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God in much patience. This is how we approve ourselves. Good soldiers, right? In much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in atonements, in labors, in watching, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, look, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers yet true. So they're going to see us as deceivers, but we know we true. We're operating in the knowing, right? Right? So no matter what, how, it says, as unknown yet well known. So even though when I'm in a position of unknown, I'm well known in the, in the kingdom of God, and God's going to put me in a position. As dying, behold, we live. Right? As chastised and not killed. As sorrowful, yet rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing all things. It says, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open to you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. Not for recompensing the same. I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. He says, so, so he's, what he's saying is, in want, yes, having everything. So I look like I'm in want, but I have everything. So I'm not letting what comes at me dictate who, who I am. I know where I am. I am in Christ, and I know where I'm going in Christ. So we got to ask ourselves, um, do we have a challenge-less life or a challenging life? See, a challenge-less life is not for the diligent discipline. They're always looking for a path of least resistance or trying to get things at their convenience, right? But a challenging life is I'm embracing the things that's going to elevate me. I'm embracing the things that's going to elevate me to what I need to do and where I need to go. Then when the scripture says walk, work, let's go, what is it, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. So Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. So, 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 so now this is Paul saying how he operates on the daily. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord. Well, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I'm locked up in him. <laughs> no way out for me, right? He says, I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where, wherewith ye are called, right? So he's saying, like, walk be equipped for what your purpose and call to do, right? It says, with, with lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Now, lowliness and meekness, we know lowliness is humility and meekness is um, uh, being, swayed, uh, being able to persuade and return for attack, right? And we know lowliness is empty of self. Meekness is not self-seeking. So, 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 I can be humble and empty myself, 
But if I'm not meek, I'll go try to get the same self back and fill myself up again. So meekness is I'm not self-seeking. My, my act, so humility may be a place where I'm going to be, I'm a decrease. But meekness is a place where I, I act in the decrease. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, my actions are not for self, it's for others, right? And this, this is, you know, This, this is, we're operating in a, a place where we're trying to be diligently disciplined because that's how we walk worthy, right? People change through challenge, not through pacification. I don't know if pacification is a word, but y'all know what I mean when I say it, right? But that's what we, we change through challenge. All of us change through challenge. So we, we want to embrace challenge. We want to put ourselves, I remember when I first joined the church that we was at for 18 years. And, you know, I started learning about things. I mean, I wasn't really, I had never been a part, grew with a church family or at a church. And so, uh, but, but when I showed up, I, I, when I got into the Word, I loved the Word. My wife would tell you that. When we met, I had my Bible carrying it with me. I, I love the Word. And so my challenge was not the Word and not knowing Scripture. Good recall, I knew Scripture. My challenge was I had not been in too many situations of brokenness where I was going to, really get me out of the way. I wasn't accountable to no one because I was a leader and was a leader playing basketball. I was a leader even at my job. And so they start talking about helps ministry. And so when I learned of the value of helps ministry and how to help you get plugged into a church, I said, well, I, I need to find something where I'm not in charge, where somebody got to tell me what to do. And so, so that's when I joined security and uh, our security and maintenance team. Eventually, I became an armor bearer, so on and so forth. But my goal was not about me. I needed to be in situations where I needed to be challenged. I'm not the guy that shows up at the game and, and they don't have enough players and I'm happy. I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I, I've trained myself to win against the best. I want to play against the best. Like, like you don't see... Uh, uh, a champion looking for a forfeit, looking for somebody not to show up or be hurt or not to play well. No, no, we thrive off a of challenge because we know that's going to bring the best out of us, right? We're embracing challenge. I showed up at games going, man, that dude can play. It's going to be a game today because I'm going to give everything I can. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. He looked like he might even be better. But I, but I, I'm going to give everything I can. If he don't give everything he can, he's going to be on the losing end, right? Yeah, so, so, so uh, diligent discipline is also, it's a commitment. It's the life of a finisher. Diligent discipline is commitment. It's the life of a finisher. It's commitment, the life of a finisher. So we want to challenge ourselves to finish. Don't just start, but be a finisher. Don't start the book, finish the book. I mean, how many two-chapter books have we, we, we got laying around the house? Because we ain't finished the book. Challenge yourself to finish things. I told you I was going to do this. I'm going to complete it. Finish a level and advance to the next level because You've poured so much in finishing into people under you, they push you to the next level. Right? Don't just leave a level abandoned because you have an opportunity. Right? That's not, because that's all you, you sow that, that's all you're going to reap. You're going to be around a bunch of people that's just going to abandon you because of opportunity. You want to you live around finishers because you are a finisher. So ask yourself this question. Or, or let's ask ourselves this question. Have we ever been faithful long enough for God to make the crooked straight? The Bible says he'll make the crooked straight. In the middle of a desert, he'll spring a well, right? In the, he didn't say that. That's the song. But he did spring a well in the middle of a desert. <laughs> See? See? Y'all just went with that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but <laughs> that's, the, that, that's, that's the one that straightened my life out again. Yeah, straight my life out again. It just came out like, you know, it, he said he made the crooked straight, but the other part I just got from the winers. All right, so it just came out. Uh, that's one of my favorite songs, uh, 
straighten my life out again. So, so, but he did spring water in the desert, right? <laughs> that, that's actually true, right? All right. But, but the interesting thing is, the interesting thing is, for God to make the crooked straight, are we going to hang around long enough for it to happen? Are we going to stay diligent to watch God straighten up all the crookedness in our lives? Right? Or are we going to bail, ah, it's been crooked too long. Don't look like God's coming. <laughs> We're going to do a saw. Bring me the E5. Maybe I can fix it. Right? As opposed to allowing God, be still and knowing he's God. All right, so, so sometimes we don't allow him to, to straighten things out. Again, because we run at the first sign of being inconvenient, but, but sometimes it's just our overconfidence. It's amazing how, where this, these overconfidence happens. Normally, it's, it's so far away from what, from what God wants to do in your life. Like God wants to send you before stadiums, and we're, we're happy because a community of people are saying this, that, and the other, and we, we get puffed up, you know. And, you know, we start to uh, leave the order. We don't flow in the order of the things that what God is doing. You know, uh, you know, we, we, you know we're, we got a, a bunch of people in the parking lot at our job laying hands on them because, you know, uh, we, uh, God used us to lay hands on one person. They got healed, so now all of a sudden we're um, Smith Wigglesworth. You know what I'm saying? Like we, you know, yeah, because, you know, the uh, uh, Lord uses me in healing. That's overconfident. David was smart, Psalm 19, to keep me from presumptuous sins. Wait a minute. So overconfidence is a sin. Because I'm com more confident in my ability than where the ability actually came from. God. Right? So... One of the things that stops our, our pattern of diligent discipline is when we live in premature celebration and relaxation. So, so, so we can prematurely celebrate. Yeah, you know, we've seen this for years, you know, watch people celebrate, you know, yeah. I, I actually, we was playing in the championship game. Actually, the last game I played uh, when I left, uh, we was playing in this championship game. And it was five of us playing against, you know, you know, some of the some top players, top college players, some guys play pro. And so we had just blew out the team before the championship game. And they played them all on the same day. So we had to wait for a game and then we played. So we're out there playing, and these guys are confident. It's 12 of them. They're all top players. It's just five of us. A part of the five of us was, was me. So people would underestimate the game. Before they underestimated me, I, dropped, I, I hit like, I don't know how many threes, right? So, and everybody's looking. The coach is like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying. So then this next game, same thing. People over, there's five guys. Uh, this guy's is 40-something. That guy over there is, and he's almost 40. Man, we're going to blow them out. So I heard them through the course of the game make a comment. Put the fork in them, they done. That's, that's the line we would say, you know. Oh, put the fork in them, they done. You know, they, I don't know. They might have went up by 20. I don't know what they did. But, but when he said it, I looked. I was like, really? So it's like that? And I know our guys was all saying, really? We all heard it. Oh, put the fork in them. They done. Premature celebration. We won the championship. But they, they celebrated too soon. They, they relaxed. They might have won. They was, they, they was handling us. But they relaxed too soon. Premature celebration, right? Overconfident. The scripture says, uh, 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. Again, we're talking about diligent discipline and some of the things that weaken our resolve or weaken us from being consistent or being finishers, right? You know, being committed to being finishers. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. It says, wherefore... Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Now, what it's saying is, you're not standing. It's God holding you up. <laughs> All right? We learned this. Well, we haven't probably gotten to this section, but Watchman Nee says, uh, there's no competency of yourself. 
right? All right, so I'm going to read the Amplified version of 12 and 13. It says this, Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands, who feels sure that he has a steadfast mind in standing firm, take heed lest he fall into sin. For no temptation, no, no trial regarding, regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold, hold on you that, in, that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance. Uh-oh. That is beyond human resistance to be able to endure it. And that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. So whatever comes at us, we can bear it. It's human existence. It's things that happen in a human life. It's not supernatural. The supernatural can handle it. What is, it's, it's what people go through. It says, but God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted or tried and to save beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to, to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Whatever comes at you, you can win. So all these, these, these things we keep setting up at the beginning of the year, these resolutions and things like that, we don't have to keep playing these games. Like finish. Stay locked in. Stay mindful. Be diligent and disciplined. Proverbs 27, 24. It says, for riches are not forever. Does a crown endure to all generations? So what it's saying is, don't be distracted by the bribes. They're temporary anyway. Stay locked into the presence of God. That's what's eternal. See, because different riches and crowns are for different levels. So, so they're temporary. Like, like, honestly, and you know this, the different things we obtain that we never had, once we get it, and all that, like, it doesn't, you remember when you first walked into the house? Oh, man, we doing good, man. We doing good. But then after a while, you're like, you waiting for the next house. Right? It doesn't have the same bite. The car, you don't, don't want to get out. You know, you're just sitting in the car, you know. You, you want to sit in the car, drive by people. It's me. Right? But now you're in and out of the car like it don't even exist. Now, for, I, I remember... One of the cars we got, it was, you know, how they cross over into the new kind of space age uh, type car. So you go from your analog with the little, with, 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 uh, just like that, you know how to, uh, with the little, the hands and stuff like that, to now everything is digital. I think it was the Honda. Everything was digital. So we, we was in the car. It was so bright in there, you know. And, and cars wasn't bright, you know. You might have a little light to make sure you could see, you know, your, your odometer. But it was like so bright. You know, you kind of just want to sit in there, you know. But after a while, we ain't even noticed that. that. That was the same Honda that we drove for 14 years till we hit that deer. Same Honda. And we wasn't going, man, we got to get rid of the Honda. We was like, good. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Well, see, see the, every level of these riches and stuff like that, they're temporary. And then, listen, get things, enjoy those things, but realize that stuff can't fulfill you. That's why you have to be diligent, disciplined, and stay in God's presence because you actually keep, you keep advancing to levels of fulfillment, entering into the joy of the Lord. And then you, you start to richly enjoy all those other things. So uh, Matthew 24, 13. Matthew 24, verse 13. Again, we're talking about Diligent discipline. Not just discipline, but I'm diligent about it. Nothing's moving me off of what I've committed to. It says, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Interesting. Right? It says, and this, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. It says, and then shall the end come. 
What's going to happen to the people that don't know? No, according to this, everybody's going to have an opportunity to know. But the interesting thing is, he that endures to the end shall be saved. So, so this has to be our lifestyle. Yeah, in Mark chapter 4, it says, he was given a parable of people that was fed the word. It says, you know, some people got the word and was stolen immediately. Right? Uh, some received the word on stony ground. It says, endured but for a time. And when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, right, they tripped. So, 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 they got the word. They know the word. Hey, hey, call their family members. Hey, you know what? You, you probably just want to get in the word. See, what I've been doing is getting in the word. So, ever since Jesus has came into my life, you know, um, you know, I was out there, you know, but I really got focused and, you know, just started. You just got to believe God. That's all you got to do. Just got to believe God. Yeah, you know. You know, hang in there, sis. Hang in there, sis. See, see, what you want to do is, you know, you got to, see, now you know the word, right, right? But now, see, this is a period of time in your life where you have to apply the word. It's not just about information, sis. It's about the application. And see, 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 and, you know, I remember when I first learned that in my life, you know, I went through some experiences and I just realized I had to apply the word. That's all. That's all. That's all. Something crazy happened. I can't believe this is happening to me. Wait a minute. What's, what's all the application of the word? You just had the conversation last week. <laughs> Endure but for a time. But when persecution and affliction arises for the word's sake, all of a sudden we lose our mind. Right? That's not how it's supposed to go. We got to be diligently disciplined. Actually, we got to, when it comes at us, 2 Thessalonians 1, when it comes at us, we got to be like, really? So am I supposed to, like, give up on God? Am I supposed to change something? Am I supposed to not believe? So I'm supposed to have faith in your false evidence of being real than what God told me. Nope. All right, so 2 Thessalonians 1, uh, verse 4. And for the sake of time, I'm going to read it out of the classic Amplified version. It says, in this cause of our men mentioning you uh, with pride among the church's uh, assemblies of God for your steadfastness. So he says, he says we, we're mentioning you for a reason. Uh, it says, for your steadfastness, your unflinching endurance and patience. He says, in your firm faith in the midst of all persecutions and crushing distresses and afflictions under which you are holding up. He says, so the reason why we keep bringing you up is because, not because you're talking about it, not because you believe what we say, but because of how you're applying it in the midst of, look, look at this. It says, your unflinching endurance and patience. And your firm faith in the midst of all persecutions, crushing distresses. He could have just said distresses. He says, and afflictions under which you are holding up. These things are coming at us to get us off of discipline. To get us off of our diligence and our consistency. And, and, it's, and, and it's because the adversary understands sometimes what we take for granted. If you're disciplined at the root, you'll be disciplined with the fruit. So if I'm disciplined at my core, listen, he don't even care about whether you, whether you exercise, you eat right, you read or He was like, no, no, I need to, I need to attack. You, you can stay up here on the surface all you want. You can go to work every day on time. I don't have a problem with that. I'm attacking your spiritual discipline. I, I want to get you at the root because when I, see, you have to work every day on time. I'm about to send a crisis that's going to rock your world so much, you ain't going to show up for work. I'm trying to get you at your core. I'm going to send some sickness and disease where you're so flustered, you're going to forget the people, the person I, that, that I told you to minister to just yesterday. I told you to give him a call. As soon as you heard about the, the situation, you forgot about him. You got so caught up in it, dragged yourself through it, you don't even remember I told you last year to call that person. 
That, that's why the adversary is at our core. He's trying to get us at the root. Scripture tells us, that's why it tells us to endure grief. It doesn't say let people walk over you. It says endure grief. Like, really? I got bigger fish to fry. Is this supposed to bother me? <laughs> Are you serious? All right, that's 1 Peter 2.19. All right, so, so we're going to close out here uh, just for today, but I'm going to end with John 5. James 5. I said John 5. James chapter 5. And we'll read uh, verses 10 and 11. It says, for examples of patience, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm reading the New Living Translation, and then I'm going to read the Amplified. Sorry about that. It says, for examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Amplify says, you know we call those blessed or happy, spiritually prosperous, Sorry about that. Uh, you know, we call those blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God, who were steadfast and endured difficult circumstances. You have heard of the patient endurance, key thing, patient endurance of Job, right? And you've, you have seen the Lord's outcome, how he richly blessed Job. The Lord is full of compassion and is merciful to the diligent discipline. Job, Job, Job was blessed, but Job was blessed because he didn't leave the presence of God no matter what came at him. Everybody talking to him, just that night, like, okay, whatever, I'm not. His, his wife, man, you just curse God and die. Like, why, why? Listen, I understand you trust God and everything, but let's look at the circumstances. Look at all you're going through right now. Why would you still believe this guy? But Job stayed locked in and received double, right? So, so, but he could have received all that he lost, but he received double because of how he handled it, right? And, and, and God wants us to look at these men. We'll, you know, we'll talk about them in the, the up and coming weeks. You know, as we, you know, if you start to look through all these different men of God or the, the heroes of faith, there were heroes of faith, but how do we know? Because they went through something. And they maintained their faith through what they went through. They weren't rattled at the first sign of something not going right. They maintained their discipline and faith, their patient endurance, right? No matter what came at them. God is saying, see, well done, my good and faithful servant. Some of us are looking to get the well done because we good. But we ain't faithful. Faithful means sameness. We're so up and down and all around, that's not faithful. They're going to come to me in the last days and says, I cast out demons and heal the sick. He's part, depart from me, you work of inequity. I don't, know, I don't know you. How would I get to know you? You haven't been consistent in my presence. You haven't operated in sameness. You're positive, right? You make sacrifices. But are you in my presence? Uh, Ms. Ms. Lamar sings a song, I Miss My Time With You. And one of the lyrics is, you're so busy serving without my spirit in you. Is that what it says? Yeah. So he said, you're, you're busy and you're serving, but my spirit's not in you because you ain't spending like, you, you would rather do the sacrifice and spend time with me. You're not diligent and consistent in my presence. Stay in my presence. I fill you up. You, it pours into what you do. Running to do a good deed, you doing it. And at the first sign of somebody taking you for granted, at the first sign of nobody else showing up but you, you're going to have a little funky attitude. Well, ain't nobody else showed up. Well, I'm doing this by myself. Exactly. Why does anybody else have to show up? 
Nobody shows up, nobody gets your reward. So why does anybody else have to show up? Why does anybody else have to do what you're doing if you're doing it as unto the Lord anyway? You, know, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not, it's, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a put down, it was a realization. It was a realization like we're, we're cheating ourselves and we're going to really get into some things and I'm hoping we get to uh, how to, to, to get some things out of our lives, you know, like, you know, like when you try to conquer lust and try to, you know, conquer the biscuits, whatever, you know, but just really get into, so we're starting at the core because you discipline yourself at the root. Your body don't even know the difference. See, if I discipline myself at my core, discipline is my habit. So if I'm doing something else, my body, all my body knows is I'm disciplined. So it doesn't, it doesn't ask permission. It doesn't check with my conscience. It's my default. I'm disciplined in everything I do, not just the things I like to do. Does that make sense? All right, well, let, let's, let's, we'll end there. We'll get into some other stuff in the next week or so. I, I don't remember exactly how long it's supposed to be, but... Uh, any thoughts or insights uh, from anybody online? If you're online, if you're so led, you can put your TV on mute and you can call in on the call-in number at the bottom of the screen, or you can chat uh, your comment or question and, and they'll speak it out loud here publicly. Or if there's anybody in the house that have a thought, you can go to the, oh, I'm sorry, anybody in the house that cares to share their thoughts, they can go to the mic and either share what you realize share your question, share how you're challenged, or share the confirmation to what God has already been telling you.